You're now listening to the Deep Edge Podcast with your host, technology expert Ray Moda, giving you the rundown on telecom, cloud, and all things business and tech. This is the Deep Edge Podcast. Let's go! And a lot of the discussions that we see going around today is related to 5G, MEC, and a lot of these services and applications that are going to help create new revenue and opportunities. But we're seeing very little discussions related to the transport and some of the requirements that are needed to get the data where it needs to be in a reliable, secure, scalable format. And there's a lot of confusion about X-Hall and what it means for that particular area and the impact and the importance. And joining us for this podcast will be Rick Talbert, who's uh, one of the principal analysts for ACG covering intelligent networks. Rick, welcome to the Deep Edge Podcast. Hi, Ray. How are you doing today? I'm, I'm doing well. I'm glad you were able to join. Now, where are you located, Rick? Thanks. I'm in Plano, Texas. Excellent. Where, excellent. How's where the weather there? Are pleasant. Yeah. Yes, pleasant <laughs> weather. Right. Yeah, that's excellent. Listen, uh, Rick, one thing is uh, from, from an introduction point of view, I just introduced you as, as one of our principal analysts. Could you elaborate a little bit more about your area and your background real quickly there? Sure. I focus on what I call intelligent transport, which is, of course, mostly optical these days. Uh, Not only the high-speed optical, but also the intelligence that uh, uh, controls optical networks, looking at the different systems that uh, that would do that. Uh, And then also these days looking at X-Hall, because the transport systems that we normally see between cities or in the metro area now are reaching out into the access so that we can support the higher speeds of uh, like 5G. You know, that's excellent because we're hearing so much about 5G, edge computing, and, and all the different transformation moving for 4G. But one of the terms you just mentioned was X-Hall. And I think I've seen a lot of different definition and some confusion in the market do you mind starting off by telling us what is XHAL? Sure. In in broadest terms, XHAL is the connection in the radio access network or the RAN between the cell site antenna and the core of the telecommunications network. Now, this it consists of up to three transport segments. And so usually when you hear of XHAL, you're hearing about some kind of com combination of different segments, uh, which consists of front hall, which is between the uh, remote unit at the antenna site, basically the antenna, what's carrying the radio signal, to the first step in processing of that signal, which is to change this analog signal into digital. Then there's a segment between that basically the radio site and the core connect the core network the network core uh, which is what we call backhaul we've heard about that quite a bit over the years but finally this uh, processing of the radio signal sometimes the equipment that does that is split into different locations and when you have a split between this equipment that's mid-haul to interconnect that processing equipment so overall, that combination of front hall, back hall, mid hall, that's what we call X hall. Great. That's a good breakdown on the explanation. Now, as you know, with ACG, our model is the why before the what, right? So maybe to go deeper is why is this important and what value does it bring to those people implementing it? So uh, 5G 
is bringing increased uh, transmission requirements for this, the transport of this signal between the cell site and the core. Uh, and each of those segments that I mentioned, front hall, mid hall, back hall, have different requirements. So if we look at front hall, which is the connection between the remote unit and the distributed unit, that has very, very stringent requirements. And then mid hall has requirements that are not quite as stringent. And of course, that's between the distributed unit, which may or may not be at the cell site, and some central unit that we'll talk about in, in a few minutes. And then backhaul, which is uh, from when all of the processing takes place, whatever the closest equipment is to the middle of the network, then it's that connection between that central unit and the network core itself. As I said, each one of those segments have its own requirements. So for the RAN to successfully deliver this signal from the antenna to the core network, it has to meet each one of these different transmission requirements. No, that's an interesting way to, to explain the different value of each component. So Maybe uh, I want to know, is this like the new norm of the future? And, and another part that I, I hear about is, is, is it a requirement for 5G? Well, uh, one way to think about it is to think about the types of services that are uh, delivered, that we want to deliver over 5G. I remember a demonstration once that showed this house with television set up in it uh, and uh, so these like uh, HD signals on the TV and the implication was that over the this kind of next generation cellular network which was 5G uh, we could have these services and I thought at the time oh well, wait a second that's <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a funny. tremendous amount of right. bandwidth required yeah. out in the radio network the only way to do this is to make your cells small so you don't have so many end users that you have to serve. But if you're going to do that, that means you have to really radically reinvent your access network because you have a lot of radio transmitters and to, to connect to the, all of those transmitters. So first of all, that's the, uh, the, the, the concept of this increased requirement, which means that we have to have specialized XHAL uh, for 5G. Uh, uh, to, to break that down just a little bit, you know, originally all radio signal processing was done at the cell site. Right. So the only transport connection there was, was backhaul basically going from the cell site to the network core. But then as the cells get smaller, then you have a, a requirement for coordination of the radio signals between adjacent cells. Wasn't so important when you had very large cells, but when you have a bunch of small cells, there are a lot of radio transmitters really you know, relatively close to each other, and you have to have coordination between that. And that meant that you had to have some of the processing of the radio signal had to be centralized so that you could have that coordination. And uh, that's what really drives this first requirement for XHAL for 5G is as you get the smaller uh, cells, then you have to start doing special things. 
Yeah, I guess uh, the densification point is important. I like what you, the way you phrased it, you know, 5G drives the requirements for XOL because uh, I'm even seeing it in other areas like, uh, you know, cell site router requirements where the synchronization, the speed and capacity and the buffering, all those things need to, to be considered. Now, maybe in addition to this is what are some of the use cases that are that are driving this XOL requirement? Sure. Let's let's start with where we are today. The first thing we see on television is, uh, you know, these uh, carriers rolling out national 5G networks. Okay, for the national 5G coverage that you can do fairly quickly, that's done by updating the the radio units on top of the uh, on top of the cell towers or at the base of the cell towers, and that increases the the data that's being delivered but not a gigantic increase. You know, at, at best, you probably maybe have a 50% increase in the speed or, yeah, even if you had a 100% increase in the speed, you would not have to change the basic infrastructure, the existing backhaul facilities. You may have to reinforce their capacity to increase the capacity, but that, that basically can be done, particularly with fiber, uh, fiber in the ground, and they're not this tremendous number of cell sites. Those sites are existing. A lot of them are served by fiber already. But the next thing that happens, or one thing that can happen is, as you want to have edge computing, whereas the uh, core of the network is generally maybe in one location in the middle of a metropolitan area, uh, for edge computing, you wanted to have your processing closer to the end users. So that meant that you had to have this, the edge computing, the processing for that out closer to the antennas. And that implied that you needed to have your processing of the radio signal to be completely done by that point. What that means is that you have to have a central unit wherever you have your, uh, your edge processing. Uh, the distributed unit can remain at the cell site, but you need to centralize uh, act, basically access to the radio signal. You, you can't wait to get it all the way to the core to access it. Okay, so the connection between the uh, cell site and this central site where you have your edge computing, that's, that happens to be mid-hall in this case. But the next thing that happens is <clears throat> then you, subsid uh, you subdivide your cells for higher density. Well, now you have to centralize your distributed units because they're the ones doing this coordination between the different radio signals, between the different cells. So now you've got separate locations for the cell site, the distributed unit, and a central unit. And of course, each one of these feed, you know, the, the, the distributed unit feeds through the central unit going to the network core. And now that you have uh, centralized distributed units, you have very tight requirements between the distributed units in each cell site because that, uh, that radio signal has to, they're, they're very, very tight latency requirements for that. Uh, finally, we get to uh, what everyone I think really thinks of when they think 5G, and that's when you have like millimeter wave services or millimeter wave access. Those are the ones that can carry the very highest speeds that you have uh, basically a gigabit to each, uh, to each cell phone. 
that results in the very smallest cells. And those cells are close enough together that you probably would have a DU at one of those cell sites serving other surrounding cell sites. And of course, the CUs are still centrally located. And uh, But what that means is that you probably, it's probably easier to meet your uh, latency requirement when you finally get to that point because the DUs happen to be close to the cell sites. So those are the different uh, use cases that we see for XHAL, the national coverage, the centralized processing for edge computing, the, the higher densities you subdivide your cells, and finally you get to the millimeter wave access, which is a, a, you know kind of the, hopefully the, uh, the way that we'll all see it in the future. You know, when we look at it, I think this is interesting because you talked about millimeter wave and all that. So we'll see, you know, how 2021 and for it looks with that, right? But you're an analyst for, for ACG, right? What is ACG doing in this space? ACG is pursuing a multidisciplinary program of research in XHAL because we need to integrate multiple product classes and technologies that are employed in uh, in XHAL when it's being driven by 5G. So for instance, you've got technologies like, of course, the original 4G and 5G mobile access and wireless networks overall, which includes where is the pro processing for these? Uh, we need to get a picture of that before we can state what the uh, you know, transmission requirements are for the transport. Uh, we have IP MPLS, segment routing, Ethernet transport. Uh, in other words, we need both the efficiency for uh, carrying uh, higher, higher bit rate signals or, or higher uh, data rates, but we also need to have an intelligent way of, uh, of routing those signals, and those are the most most recent and most powerful ways of, of doing that. It's its own um, uh, its own discipline. Uh, we also need to look, of course, at the transport um, itself, whether that's active transport or like passive optical networking, which is in the network right now. Where can we use that? Where can we not? Uh, the cable operators have their DOCSIS networks and those in many cases can provide some very important services. We need to see which ones they can, which ones they can't. Uh, there are private, hybrid, and public cloud services and cloud environments. And these, now we talk about the control of the network because we have different connections that maybe need to get larger for maybe higher, higher bandwidth or to change where the, let's say, a central site is uh, for the, uh, you know, maybe for edge computing that turned up somewhere. And these have to be changed real time. And so we need cloud networks to do that. Uh, so I mentioned now uh, edge computing installations. Where are those installations? Because once again, we need to make sure in the uh, architecture that the central units are there and then have the transport set up to serve those. And finally, overall, the network and service orchestration for that. Uh, network slicing is, uh, you know, we hear about it, it's very important. And the possibility of doing that is introduced with 5G for, 
for cellular services. And so we need to be able to support that from end to end. That requires uh, network automation. Yeah, no, I think one thing that I'm seeing kind of being revived too, and you let me know if you see it, it's this whole, um, I would say, um, router optical convergence, right? So that Mm -hmm. because of these splits and requirements, we're seeing people somehow want to simplify the air. So you seeing that as a potential play in this as well? Or? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because the, uh, well, two things. One is that uh, the uh, these units, the central unit, the distributed unit, they're being virtualized. And so we're not looking at the original uh, routers or transport equipment in those situations. We, we look at specialized equipment and the uh, some of the pluggable units that are now becoming available can actually be placed in this process equi- processing equipment. And the processing equipment not only does, for instance, let's say a, uh, a central unit's processing, but also since they're servers, they can also do a virtual router instance. So uh, those are cases that when you do all the processing, when you're ready to come out and go to the next location, you don't need a separate, perhaps you don't need a separate transport unit. Uh, you just need the uh, a plug-in to give you the right uh, wavelength to go to the next location. Yeah, no, that's a good point. That's why I think you added a lot. So Rick, uh, people reach you just by email. What's the best way to get in contact with you? Sure, email. That's the uh, rtalbot at acgcc.com well uh this is from the audience already they're going to give you a round of applause there so uh rick thanks for joining the deep edge podcast thanks ray it was great to have this opportunity and uh look forward to uh, working with everyone in this important field yeah and hopefully you can get to join us again oh yeah yeah looking forward to that all right take care and you have a safe okay. 2021 thanks you too bye-bye Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Deep Edge Podcast. Make sure to follow Ray Moda on Twitter and LinkedIn at rmoda. If you enjoyed the podcast, please make sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on iTunes. Want even more? Head over to acgcc.com to access exclusive bonus content. Till next time.